Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our evening with medium events coming up on April 26th, again in August on the 23rd, and our last one is December 13th. April is sold out, but you can still get tickets for August and December. We also have an extra show in Sturgeon Falls on June 7th, if you're interested. We are at the Sturgeon River House Museum, and tickets are on sale. You can call the museum, or you can call the Sturgeon Falls Rec Center. If you're looking for a shorter version of Coffee with the Sarlows, we have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. It's available on the website by sarlow.com. They run in a series of five shows. The first week of every month, Monday to Friday, we pick a theme, usually around our gifts, spiritual intelligence or emotional intelligence, and we give you five mini shows. We hope you love them. And while you're at the website, if you'd like a coffee mug with Sips of Sanity and Coffee with the Sarlo's logo on it, they are for sale there and they are $15 a mug. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase and experience the session from anywhere in the world via Skype, telephone, FaceTime, or Zoom. Yay, Zoom! If you have Zoom, please tell us. Because it runs way better than Skype does. It has far less interruptions and is a wonderful way for us to see each other, almost like we're just in the same room. Wonderful. So on to today's show. Kelly, I know you have a a show today and that you're pretty excited about sharing a client's story and that the lady gave you consent and that you've written pages of notes on it. Oh, yes. I'm super excited. So every now and then when we're planning out what kind of shows we're going to do, we always look back to make sure that we're doing a nice combination of client stories on all of the gifts. And I know this year we've done more past lives than ever before. And I don't know what's happening, if it's that people are just listening to the podcast shows and actually getting intrigued about it. Mm -hmm. But more and more people are actually coming into the sessions and saying, I am open to everything in the consent process, but I really want to go into past lives. And I think that's wonderful. So this was the same situation. She had been listening to some shows. She is a previous client, so she knows she knows how it goes. And she walked in and I said, so what's the plan today? And she said, well, I have two intentions. The first one is I would like to know what my partner and I can do to make my dog more comfortable. And then when you're done channeling that, I would like to do past lives. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Both questions. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's a heavy question. So why don't we start with the dog first so that if you have any anxiety, we can alleviate it right away and you can actually hear your past lives. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we can't really hear things clearly when the anxiety is too strong. Mm -hmm. So for the sake of privacy, I'm going to call her Carrie. And Carrie came in, said what her intention was, and I started by saying, well, I get that the dog is a he. She said, that's correct. And I said that I get that this is end of life, but it is far too soon than anyone in the family expected. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. I already felt sad. Yeah. And her panic as well. Kel, what's the dog's name? Uh, We'll call him Winston. Okay. Okay. So Winston says that he's ready to admit it, that it's end of life, and he's ready to accept it, but that the age was not what they were expecting. 
because this isn't an end of life age wise. Mm-hmm. This is circumstance. Oh, is and it she illness? said yes. Yeah. No, actually. So this was really neat. And I say that with a lot of sympathy. And I know Carrie understands that. Um, He showed me his right paw. So the right arm or limb, I'll say, uh, was amputated. And I mean it very sensitively when I say that it was a very neat feeling because I got to feel what an amputation is like. Mm. And Winston was telling me that his shoulder girdle was fine that there was no pain in the shoulder girdle, that there was no pain where the amputation had been, but his pain was actually residing in his back hips. Oh, okay. So when I asked him what they could actually do to make him more comfortable, because that had been her original question, he said, I need my airways clear at all times. And it was really cute because I thought, well, obviously, like we all do. And he goes, no, Kelly, listen, like when they get down to love me and they put their face near mine, my nose isn't always clear. They press their face against mine. And he said that that makes him feel panicked. So he just asked that if his parents were going to get down on the floor with him, if they could just maybe go cheek to cheek instead so that they could both get what they need. Mm. And I thought that was really cute. It was a really nice visual and you could just see her kind of relax a little bit because it didn't mean that she had to miss out on what she needs, which are her snuggles. Um, but they could both be feeling safe. Mm -hmm. And he did say that he had heavy, like labored breathing and that it was wheezing. And she said, yes, that's correct. And so that was our affirmation about what they could both do. Good. He mentioned that both his parents were good at giving him personal space, um, that they didn't crowd him, that they were very certain to at least have one of them in the same room as Winston. And she said, yes, that's correct. And I said, you literally always have one person in the room with him at all times, though, unless you're both at work. And she said, yes. And I said, if one of you has to get up and leave the room, or both of you do, you'll consult about how to move him and bring him with you. So there's no mobility. And she said, yes, that's correct. So they make him a priority so that he knows he's not alone and doesn't need to panic about where they are. Wow. Mm-hmm. So t- a team that's very thoughtful for their fur baby. Yeah. So he then said, you need to tell mom that I know she sits in the room with me and looks at me with a whole lot of love. And she keeps having thoughts that turn over in her head, thinking that she wants to take my pain away, that she wants me to feel comfortable. And she just wants me to feel how much I'm loved. And then I know that she gets up and leaves the room when she wants to have a cry because she's panicked about losing me. And her eyes just kind of went big and she goes, yeah. And I said, he says it's really thoughtful that you do get out of the room, but But. that it's really futile because he can hear your thoughts. Yeah. But he said that if you need to do it to separate yourself and have your moment to go ahead, but that it wasn't doing anything for him. Which I know because it's sad, but at the same time, you can hear how much he's loving her while she's in pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a really nice connection. Over his pain. He's talking all about the connectivity between us as humans and our pets and why we actually would call them fur babies. Oh, yes. Um, So then he had gone back to his physical self and just said that the pain in his back hips was causing a grinding sensation and that the lethargic feelings that he had 
um, was the biggest pain he was experiencing and that anytime he did try to move, he'd plop his butt down and, and just couldn't. And so mom had been crying about thinking about his amputation and he goes, mom, look, we're crying over two different things here. Oh. And so the alleviation for her was my amputation is okay. Yeah. And so she can feel relief about that and then know that moving him and taking the pressure off his hips is doing the most she can, Yeah, which is the good kind of control. And I know that for so many of us, we feel out of control because our pets don't communicate with us the way we wish they could on a day-to-day basis. How wonderful too, Kelly, to hear that he understands that the amputation is the best thing. Oh yeah. And he flat out said, you're yeah. all upset thinking I can't steady myself and you're not wrong but it's because of my bum hips yeah (laughs) so we got those affirmations I'll say out of the way so that she could know we were really with Winston and then he goes okay I'm going to talk about my parents now so he says my mom is the one that loves silence um, and that she can really sit fully in silence and I love sitting with her and When there is noise, she fully attunes to it. So the TV only goes on if she's watching TV. The music only goes on if she's literally in like creating a sitting room environment to hear the lyrics. Right. And he called it no nonsense noise. Oh, I totally get this. Mm -hmm. But I love that he called it no nonsense noise. Yes. And that's what he enjoys. Right. Smart dog. Yes. And then he says, now dad's the complete opposite. It's all nonsense noise. He needs something going on at all times. He doesn't attune to any of it. And he said to his mom, Carrie, because she was the only one that was there. He said, look, when I'm at home with dad, I'm spending time with dad. And I understand the noise, where it comes from and why it's there. When you walk in the door, I can feel the relief of, oh, it's mom, because I know you're going to trump and get silence. (laughs) She trumps her partner? Okay. In a very lovely way in that her partner can respect her need for no noise. But he says, I want you to know that you don't have to feel anxious for me, knowing that it's just me and dad at home and I'm sitting in all the noise or I'm stuck in it. He goes, because I can have my time with dad and appreciate it but really enjoy the silence when you're home. That's nice. Yeah, and she goes, oh, I feel much better because she really did have that much anxiety because her anxiety goes through the roof when there's noise. She assumed the dog did as well. Right. So when she confirmed all of that about the music and the TV and whatnot, he said, that's my affirmation for my mom that eventually I'm going to need wet food as soon as she notices that my esophagus isn't processing or making a bowl with the food in order to swallow it. So that was coming, but she could be prepared for it and not feel panicked, thinking that the dog didn't know what was going on. Mm, that's that's beautiful to hear. Yeah. And the same thing, um, he was kind of just saying that he had a lot of dryness and that he wasn't getting up to get water anymore. And she said that was correct. And again, he just said, I don't want you to think that I'm nervous, not understanding what's happening. I know I'm not getting up to get water and I know why. Hmm. And so she could sit there and go, okay, I can be okay with this then. Mm -hmm. Because it's processing end of life now. Right. Yeah. It's accepting it. He's talking about accepting things and helping her get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, then for me, we got into what I would consider the good stuff, okay? Because that kind of just dropped off. The dog stopped talking to me for a moment and I thought, oh, okay, I guess we're moving on to past lives then because he talked about how they could make him comfortable and he seems done. And I had my human moment where I thought, how in the fuck do you come in and hear that your dog is at end of life and then have enough wherewithal to process anything after that? Mm-hmm. That, But that was my shit. So I'm asking Winston this and he goes, well, Kelly, she asked about past lives and I'm in them. Like, shut oh. up, shut up and listen. <laughs> and so I just had got to have a good laugh yeah. and thinking, okay, I get to still talk to the dog. Oh, you wanted to keep talking to Winston. Because I was panicked that this dog was dying. Yeah. So he put me in my place and said, we're still going to get my mom what she needs. Right. Yeah, I loved that. Well, I like how you're describing that because people who listen to it are going to hear that you have a relationship with them. And I've said that a million times that what people are asking for when they say medium is you're saying, I want relationship. And the relationship includes that we now as the mediums, as the channelers, we are involved and we have a connectivity. So that's what you're describing, your own connectivity to Winston. Yeah. And I how feel... quickly and how deeply it's created. Oh, I'm invested. Totally. <laughs> yes. So he says, look, I'm in her past lives. So I said, well, you need to give me an affirmation so she'll believe me. And he, he said, well, I was, I was hers before her husband was in the picture. Oh, okay. And she went, no, that's not true. And I said, well, okay. Because so far, I'm I'm 100%. Mm-hmm. So I went back to Winston and I said, well, apparently I got this wrong. So can you, like, what, what happened here? And he goes, no, no, the husband was not there. And he calls him the husband, okay? <laughs> the husband was not there. She picked me out. And when I got home, he kind of had to accept that there was a dog in the house. Oh. And she goes, oh, that is correct. So he didn't mean that they weren't together. Yeah. He just meant that. She picked him out and they had a relationship first, Oh, which I thought was really cute. And that's this lifetime. So she said, yeah, that's absolutely correct. So Winston says, this was you and I before the husband existed as part of our three-piece family. Oh, Yeah, I thought that was really cute. Um, so and- he's, he's her primary partner. Yeah, he li- I have quotes here on the page and he wrote, we are the couple. And then, and then it was like the husband walked in and, and the dog looked at her and went, well, who's this dude? Which I just thought was so cute. Now, he did say that the partner did not resist, was not upset. Like, this was just a fun, wonderful Mm -hmm. surprise um, that he he always felt loved. Mm -hmm. And that was important to him because he does eventually accept him as a form of a dad. Right. And I'll say a form because of the messages that are still coming up. Okay. So Winston says that he had been Carrie's partner in a previous lifetime. And that he was happy to be here again as partners, that they just weren't going to be human partners. And you could see a little bit of confusion, but eagerness as well to figure out what that means. So Winston says that in this lifetime, Carrie exemplifies tremendous patience. And she said, well, I guess. And I said, yeah, on the outside. And she goes, oh. Yeah, that's true. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. And so he just said, she's got tremendous patience on the outside, but she freaks out on the inside. Mm. And she said, yep, absolutely. And I want to note too, at this moment, Parker barged in. So our dog put his nose through our door 
and walked right in and sat right in front of her. Did you say something to the effect of, oh, perfect timing? I did. Because you yelled from downstairs and said, (laughs) oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, no, no, it was actually really perfect timing because the dog was starting to talk about their partnered relationship at this point. Okay. And so he said that the dog in this lifetime, Winston, is the one that has patience for her. But he has a connection with her through his eyes where he can sit, stare right at her and create a sense of urgency for her that does not make her feel shame. And I thought this was really important because she gets paralyzed with the way that she overthinks everything and she can't do or move or go into action. And so when Winston sits in front of her, she actually hears him say things like, move it. And so she will actually have a conversation with him like, yep, you're right. And she'll get up and move. (laughs) So he is the one that actually catches her looping in her doubt because, again, he can hear her thoughts. And that's when he gets up and sits in front of her and looks at her. And she gets her messages. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is just beautiful. And he creates a feeling of safety for her to move because she feels like it's her choice. But she knows that there's kindness with the message. And like I said, not shame. Oh, that's beautiful. Kelly. Yeah. Because if a partner had said, come on, let's yeah. go. She would have felt rushed and shame that she wasn't already moving. But when the dog gives that to her, she can sit there and go, okay, yep, yeah, let's do it. Mm. And there is a let's moment that is collaborative. Right. Instead of it's my fault. I'm not already. Mm-hmm. I hear the difference. So... At this point, Winston says, okay, that's all true of this current life, but I need to take you into the past life when a lot of her people-pleasing issues originated from. And he says, the previous life to this one, which I thought was neat because he's giving me a timeline now, says that she experienced physical violence from a very young age. But he mentioned that she had not ever experienced physical violence in this lifetime, which she affirmed. So that just helps me feel trustworthy of Winston's information to keep going into the past life. Because you don't want to hurt people with this kind of news. True. So Winston says that from this previous lifetime where she experienced physical abuse, this is the reason why she's come into this one utterly timid and meek. Mm. And she said, yeah, that's true of my personality currently. And so he he went into... um, explaining that her current parents genuinely have no idea why she is as timid and meek as she is because they gave her 100% support, 100% confidence, and encouraged her to explore and discover when she was in childhood. And she said, yes, that's absolutely true. And I said, I'm hearing that your parents did not parent the siblings differently, that they did not give opportunities to one sibling more than the other, In fact, they would say things to you like, how come you didn't take that chance? How come you didn't take that risk? And they, they wanted things for her. They encouraged her to use her voice as well. And it was something that she never felt that she could do, but her parents always showed that they did value it. I like how you're pointing this out for people so that they can understand that parenting isn't the whole part and parcel of one of their children's personalities. Yeah. And that personality that comes in that DNA is past life experiences. Yes. 
And I just thought this was so wonderful because she does struggle with her parents and we're going to get to that in just a moment. So that's when Winston said, I would like you to know that her parents from this previous lifetime that abused her are not her current parents. So it's not that these souls are working through a different contract or working through one that has carried over into this lifetime. This isn't about forgiveness. This isn't about that. These are three new contracts. Which I think is great because it creates a clean slate for her as well to just be able to see them. Yeah, maybe be able to at some point decide if she wants to keep up those qualities in her own character or if she wants to pick different ones and work at it. And that she doesn't have to go back and think that it's baggage. I behave this way because this is what my parents did. She just gets, like you said, a clean slate to say, no, it has nothing to do with that this is the way my parents raised me. I have clear choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who do, who do I want to be? What qualities do I want to have? Yes. And this is where we were trying to go with it. Oh. But still trying to understand where it did come from. Mm -hmm. Because there's tremendous sadness that she can't explain. Oh, okay. So Winston had said, well, in this lifetime, mom is now totally happy to be self-entertained, to be quiet, and sometimes just not even stimulated at all. She just is happy to be a dreamer. And Aww. she said, yeah, that's correct. And that was from really young. And he said that she also can think very existentially, and but not feel suicidal. Yep. She can accept and entertain thoughts, ponder thoughts about death, but not feel attached to them or be fearful of her own thoughts. Right. Which I just thought was so great. Yeah. So she, like you said, it's healthiness about wondering and dreaming yes however she is constantly on the lookout for people who might be angry with her and she always fears that it's going to escalate to violence mm. even though there's been no evidence of that in this lifetime but that comes from the past life experience yes it's imprinted yep in the cells in the dna like you said right and so she's saying that she gets Pardon me. Winston was telling me that Carrie gets full on paralysis when she even suspects that someone is mad at her. So he explained to her at this point that this is what he called a carryover from a past life, like you said, in the cellular system where she's holding on to a belief, mm -hmm. even though, again, there's no evidence. Well, what a great question for a past life se session, Kelly. Mm -hmm. What carryover beliefs do I have from past lives that are currently affecting or presenting in this lifetime. Yeah. And so here's how it ended up kind of rippling out into the rest of her life. So if we go back to the parents that I said we were just going to talk about in this current lifetime, they will say things genuinely like, I don't know why you didn't take that risk. Or they'll say, I told you so. You would have been great at that. Uh. And it comes from a very genuine place of support, but she processes it as shame. Oh, she processes it as disappointment. And in her mind, disappointment is the same as anger. So she okay. thinks that her parents are angry with her. Well, that would be from the past life then. Yes. Yeah. Now, I think this was really neat because Winston was able to say that her parents in this lifetime never actually got the tools to reword those things to say, you know what, honey, I think you would have done amazing in that. Or you know what, honey, was there a reason that you didn't feel confident to try? They didn't educate themselves to figure out a question they could yeah. ask or how to reword it so that it came out positive. Yeah. They thought they were doing a good job in the way that they originally worded it. Oh, I understand saying things 
to your children or a friend where you or a stranger or co-worker where you think you're wording it in the best way possible and you find out it's a shit statement oh yeah and that it hurt them and you're just you're stunned by it Mm -hmm. because you don't know better yeah and i mean this is wasn't in the session but there has to be a level of humility where you can hear it and go shit i didn't mean it that way but i hear what you're saying and i hear how that could have been interpreted yeah so that's when he said i have the same eyes as her mom but she's able to hear that collaborative thought process between the two of us of let's do this so where her mom might say you should have and she feels isolation She's able to look in his eyes and feel, you and I are doing this. Let's get up and do it together. Mm. So at this point, he wanted to give her tools because he wants his mom to work hard and get better. And I love that. And he said, you know, mom, for example, if you say to your mom, there's a creative class this Thursday night and I'd really like to try it out. And she expresses her excitement of great, wonderful. You're going to be so great at that. Carrie would say something like, oh, well, we'll see. So she takes her own excitement and then she puts it into a self-sabotage mode. (laughs) She gets paralyzed because she overthinks. It's 10 minutes into the start time and she hasn't gone. So she thinks, well, I'm not going to go because I'm already late. And so when her mom asks how the creative class went and she says, oh, I didn't go, her mom makes the statement of, well, why not? You should have. You could have made friends. You could have connected. You could have learned. And her mom thinks in this whole process, Kelly, that she's absolutely doing her best to word it in a positive way to be encouraging. Yeah, because in her mind, what she's saying is, I believe you would have been amazing. Yeah, I get it. I believe you have the skills. And isn't that amazing how you can hear that that person truly believes the message is loud and clear, I love you. Mm -hmm. It's they think it's loud and clear, I support you. I believe in you. And she also says it with a really happy cadence too, right? Right. So there's reason to believe that. And yet, unknowns to her, her daughter's hearing it with a completely different set of ears. And therefore, she's believing something completely different. Totally. And so this is where Winston says, you need to respond in those moments with something like, you know what? You're right. Next time I tell you about something like this, can you hold me accountable? Bye. And then pick how you want to be held accountable. And It could even be to the point where she could say to her mom, here are three questions I want you to ask me the next time I tell you I'm going to try something new. Could you put them on the fridge for when I I go to back out? Right. And if she says to her mom, well, I don't think I'm going to go, her mom could go, hold on a sec and go to the fridge and grab the questions. Yeah. And have to walk through them so that at that point, Carrie could go, okay, I know what you're doing. I'll go. Right. Because that's collaborating to change A a pattern. Yes. So Winston was all excited about this. And you can just see Carrie's shoulders sink. You can see her just relax more into the treatment. Mm -hmm. And again, remembering that this is all her dog slash partner (laughs) who is wanting better for her. Oh, I think this is lovely. I hope that anybody listening to it that's struggling in a relationship right now might hear how if you collaborate out of the same intention to honor each other and to actually work through a problem then once you get in it and share the different ways that you could make statements or ask questions of each other and check in with each other that all of the energy changes and the body changes the dna changes the muscles change 
everything changes. Your good old adrenals start to change because then they're not starting to pump out cortisol thinking that I'm not being supported or loved. Fight or flight mode kicks in. So Winston is really talking about a really healthy relationship. Yeah. And he just said, you know what? You work well with structure. So give it to your mom so that she can operate within a structure you understand mm. in oh. that collaborative process. Oh, that that's gorgeous. Yeah. Because now he's saying to her, hey, put your big girl panties on an adult and tell your parent how you need something to be worded to you because it hasn't been working. Mm -hmm. Instead of the parent thinking, I don't know what else to do. Correct. Yeah. It's not always on the parent's shoulders to say, I've gone to Vive Therapist and I keep trying to reword questions and sentences to help my child. Mm. It can come from the child. Yeah. Especially if both of them are adulting. Both. Yes. And now we have a dog adulting. Oh, totally. 100%. (laughs) So listen to this next one. He goes, now take a pause because she's overwhelmed. Because she's trying to think about how to implement this well, right? Don't you love it, Kelly, when the spirit world tells you when to take a pause in your sessions? Yes, because I often think as a human, pack the session because they'll they'll think it's worthwhile. Yeah. But the spirit world will go, they need to breathe. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before, how in a session, if we take a pause, there are two types of clients. One where they think you're wasting my money, Mm -hmm. talk faster. What Mm -hmm. else have you got? Hurry up. And they barely don't even want you to take a breath. And then the other client that understands, geez, if there's a pause in here, there's a reason there's a pause. Yeah, I could digest more. Okay, so he gets into this next one. And it was just such a shift. He like, I don't know if you get this when you're channeling where they'll basically say like, we're done with this. Oh, yeah. And they just move right on. Oh, totally. Okay, I'm catching up. So he goes, look, mom, your sugar's out of control. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's absolutely correct. And he says, you're going to have a candida issue. If you don't already, it's turning into a yeast infection. Oh, and if, Jesus. And he goes, if I was your partner, I would have been the one to say, honey, are you okay down there? So he thinks it's still his job. He still thinks it's his job to check in on her vagina. That's so good. Yeah. And he goes, look, there's like no nonsense. Deal with it. Oh, Kelly, do you understand here that when people listen to this podcast show, they're going to look at their dogs in a whole other way and they're going to have a whole other kind of conversation. I can picture women looking at their dogs now going, uh, how's my vagina? (laughs) What do you want to tell me (laughs) about my private parts? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's really cute. So that was done really quick as well. Wait. How did she take that? Oh, she giggled and she went, okay, got it. Like it was oh. just, he just said, no nonsense, handle it. And she went, okay. Wow. Like, I know I'm making you pause and you have like eight pages of notes. So it's I'm, okay. I'm kind of sorry about that. But I like pointing out how she responds to his messages and that she actually really listens with respect and listens. That tells me, and, and I certainly hope, that she does the same thing then for her human partner. Well, because, we're going to get into this. Oh, so okay. just just hang on, okay? Hold your sure. hold your panties. So that's when, like I said, it was done and over really quickly. And Winston said, "We're going to go right back into that past life with violence, Kelly. We're not done." Mm. I said, "Okay, no problem." And she, Carrie gave me consent. She was fine to continue because um, we often say to people, "We journey on your behalf. You're at no risk of being re-traumatized. You can just hear it." 
So he mentioned that it started when she was extremely young and that it started out very honestly. And this is going to sound really weird, so stay with me. It started out from a very honest place when she was very young. You know when you're learning to walk and you're grabbing on to things to hold yourself up and a parent might pull you back and go, whoops, we, you can't be in there. And the motion of the body goes backwards, but it's done with an intention of keeping you safe. Mm-hmm. So Winston's saying that that's where it started from, but it was never vocalized of, whoops, it was just a pullback really harshly to get her out of the way. Mm. that the parents in this lifetime had an impatience for her exploring and her discovery. Oh, interesting. But what that meant was all her brain got to process was the trauma of her body being whiplashed backwards, being pulled. And while this occurred at a young age, the parents' patience was lesser and lesser, and so it turned into hitting. And Winston says she was hit for no good reason. And he explains the fact that there's never a good reason to hit a child, but that this was literally not necessarily out of one particular behavior that triggered them. There was no consistency, no rhyme or reason to it. It was just their impatience. That's who they took it out on. Oh, that's really, really good, Kelly. Just for someone to hear that the reason that they hit, and I'm talking to the hitters, is their own impatience. It's not actually the child's fault. Yeah. So, and, and Winston worded it in that it it was escalated annoyance. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. And then, like they said, the brain only registered it as trauma, but because there was no particular trigger, they didn't just hit her after she tried to get an extra cookie or something, that Carrie learned in this lifetime that she couldn't trust herself because there was no particular behavior that would set them off. It could be anything. Oh, ultimate control. Yes. Yeah. You do things randomly that make no sense and that keeps the person purposely off center. Yeah. Ungrounded. And I want people to hear ungrounded because some people want to see energy healers and say, I need you to ground me. And you and I have to explain it goes deeper than an energy healing treatment to ground oh, yes. you. So the carryover in this lifetime to her current personality was that she needed absolute extreme patience and gentleness in her relationships. And she said, yes, 100%, that's correct. Mm. To the point where she herself doesn't feel like she can be spontaneous or creative And it's not, and and Winston clarified, it's not because she doesn't feel safe or loved in her current relationship. It's the carryover. Yeah. So the DNA or the cells still don't feel like they can relax. They're still in fight or flight. Oh, so butt gripping. Oh, yes. Muscle tension. And it doesn't that just bring you to a whole other place of understanding why some people have so much muscle tension? Yeah. and, And Winston said, like, dad will check in with her. And she still doesn't know why she's so upset or can't can't loosen up. Oh. And she said, yes, that was correct. So I thought this was really neat. He ended up talking about the fact that she still can't handle any spontaneous touch if she, if she can't see it. And in fact, most touch makes her uncomfortable. And so he said, look, I don't want you guys to fall out of love. I want you to stay in love. And if you're engaging in sex together, 
could you ask dad if you're laying down to hold your hands and if they're above your head and they're not what you would consider in your control but your fingers are interlaced you could feel intimacy instead of threat Mm. or she could ask for them to be lowered down by her shoulders and if he does that is that what you're saying if they're communicating she could still do it but feel in control. Yes. And okay. that and that one didn't come up in particular, but that's really neat because essentially he was saying that it was one kind of touch at a time. Oh. So too many things couldn't be happening at once. And so if, if he was going to move his hands to his shoulders, there needed to be stillness elsewhere. So particularly he was talking about holding her hands because mm. there was a feeling of palm to palm yeah. and interlaced fingers. If it got to a place of holding her wrists, that was like a flare up. And so she would have to be able to say, no, I need you to hold my hands because that feels gentle, Mm -hmm. even though they're not able to be in use. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And I, I'm, it blows my mind what people can be interpreting out of all of this and what they can take out of it today. Yeah. And, and she's sitting there going, my dog's talking about my sex life. Yeah. And they're going, yeah, absolutely. Because this is your opportunity to still stay connected to your actual human partner. So then Winston could kind of sense her hesitancy. So he said, you know what, let's, let's get off the bed for a second. Take her out of the visual of being on the bed so she can calm down. And I said, okay. So he says, I want to talk about aggressive touch. I thought, oh, fuck, where are we going? So he says, look, there could be an opportunity where if her partner walks into the room, let's call him Corey, and he says, I'm going to tackle you to the bed. She would look like, what do you, what do you mean? Because it's going to create the same sensation of her body going backwards. Right. That's going to trigger her feeling of, of not being safe. Yeah. And Winston said, no, you could use this as a tool. Because if you can see him coming at you, you could say to him, could you tackle me to the bed with all of the love in your heart for me? And playfulness. Yes. And she would then know the intention or the emotion is love and playfulness. Yeah. And so this motion backwards onto a soft bed would be something to enjoy. Yeah. And he just said, you know, once he tackles you to the bed, you might be lying awkwardly because he's going to tackle you at the waist. But you could say, could you just stay still for a moment so I can assess whether or not I liked that? Yeah. And it's an assessment process or an evaluation process so that she can sit there and go, well, that felt kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And there could be a connection again between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It's trust building, eh, Kelly? She, I, I hear Winston trying to help carry build trust yeah and so he says you know what mom you could even invite him and you could actually say the words i want you to come at me and tackle me to the bed with all the of (laughs) all of those emotions right Right. and so it sounds like you need some really good music at this point Yeah. And he said, you can get into a playful stance, like a ready stance for him. Right. Um, And he says, don't close your eyes because we don't want you to be anxious. We still want you to expect exactly when it's coming. So there's no trigger. Um, And again, lay together so that you can actually process what you felt. So then he says, if you actually did this two or three times or over a period of time, what might happen is at the end of the day, 
Corey might come home and say that he wants to tackle you to the bed with all of the love in his heart. And the important piece in there is that if she does this consistently on her terms, he will actually get primed with the way she's explained the activity. Mm -hmm. And now he's already in the routine of communicating what his emotions are and what his intentions are. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't feel any threat. Well, yeah, because doing something like that is um, playful on his part. It means he wants to connect so he can verbally say something to her like, I feel playful. Do you? Okay. And this was the next part. Perfect. So this is where Winston said, mom, at this point, you can think and decide for yourself. And you might have, you might be standing there putting laundry away and go, oh, my hands are full. And you might say, Kate, hold on one second and put all of your things down and then get into that fun ready stance and, and playfully say, okay, go. And so there's there's a teamwork. There is a partnership of playfulness at this point where you have decided to invite this into your life. Well, Winston sounds like he's trying to give her processes. Yes. And he says, now, mom, if you can't wrap your head around the fact that a human could feel aggressive love and that that's an acceptable thing, I want you to back it up even further and think about many situations in our life together where you have felt I was so cute and so lovable that your heart was bursting that you wanted to literally squish me when you hugged me. Like I would die, you know? And she was like, oh, well, I totally get that. Or you sneak up behind your dog and grab them. Yeah, or you hug them (laughs) until they give that little, "Mm," right? So she was like, oh, I totally understand loving a dog that much. And I said, well, that's what a human is capable of when they're in love. And right. so you could kind of see it all come together at that point. Oh, she's, I like it because she's putting the pieces together in the triangle of where she can associate that I like doing this to, to Winston. And therefore, I can now understand where Corey wants to do that to me. This is a lovely triangle. Yes. And so I love that Winston did yet again another backup. And he said, Mom, you're getting it. But I want you to back up even further, because if the idea of being tackled playfully backwards onto a bed is still too charged sexually, because you're still on a bed lying down with a man half on top of you, then you could ask him to do this same act in a lake where you're in your bathing suits and you're tackling, you're being tackled into a wave. And so there's no expectation afterwards of needing to be sexually involved, Mm -hmm. but that there can just be a physical connection of love. Tackled into a snowbank. Yes. We are in the middle of winter. Yeah. So he was trying to give her options on how and where to be playful and understanding that there are many triggers because it's not just the being pulled back motion that makes her afraid. Mm -hmm. It's the then expectation of needing to engage in sex if they're on a bed or close to a bed, Mm -hmm. because if she's too much in her head, how do you then connect to a partner? Right. Hence the reason for the lake or the snowbank. Yeah, yeah. He also said too, that she will come home in moods where she can't leave work mentally. So she's physically at home, but she's still ruminating over things that happened in the day, happened at the job, and that she can feel extremely distracted and not fully present. And she can be in her head in full doubt of herself. And she said, yes, that's true. And so Winston said, you could use this same tool that we just talked about being tackled. And when you hear him during your distracted thinking, you might think, oh my God. 
what is he, how, how am I supposed to engage in this right now if I'm so distracted and still at work? But the conscious thought could come in of, I might need that to jostle me out of the work mentality. Yeah. And so there has to be a decision of, could this be something good for me to switch my mood? Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I really like this. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely encouraged in her session that she could share this with Corey and ask him to partake in this if he was open to it. And she just seemed so excited to go back and invite him. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Corey's going to like that. Yeah, because what this ends up meaning is that you don't necessarily have to start out on the same level. You can communicate to get to it. Oh, yeah. And she's not saying I want sex all the time. She's saying I'm looking for a process with you and I'm looking to communicate. Yeah, and Winston is very much saying you are responsible to choose to shift into the present moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I almost want to say and seen, because then Winston shifts right back into the present, right? Because (laughs) none of these things are things we can confirm yet. They're tools that she can try and implement. But he goes, okay, I need you to tell her that dad is an extremely messy eater and I am very proud of myself in a dog form that I have not seized every opportunity I have had or been given to eat the, eat the human food. <laughs> so he eats and he drops things on the couch or on the floor or yes. wherever he's eating. So she's giggling. Carrie's giggling at this point. Well, she and, knows if that's true or oh, not. Yes. And Winston is saying that he's a messy eater. He doesn't sit still when he eats. And even in this, the off chance that he is sitting, he's moving and clumsy. And she said, yeah, that's absolutely correct. And he just and says, still, he's attractive. Yep. For many other reasons, for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And so Winston says, I'm very proud of myself. I have saved myself stomach issues. <laughs> oh, oh, well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And he did say to um, he, well, I had channeled the message and said, oh, is popcorn his his choice of snack? And she said, no, that's mine. So I was able to say, okay, I did get that one wrong. I switched. I got the wrong partner. But Winston did say there is popcorn and I have saved myself the heartache of the kernels. Um, Kelly, I like it that you just pointed out to people that we can say, you, in this particular instance, we are wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got the wrong partner. I am wrong. And that it's okay. And that the client can then sit down and not hold it against you or think you're no good, but simply place it. And continue to take the messages and keep working at what am I here to get out of them? Because I have certainly seen clients that as soon as one mistake is made, they sit there in a frozen moment of, well. Yeah. And actually going along with that example, I've also had those situations where you're channeling for someone about, let's say one sibling and you say something like this about popcorn and they get so excited and go, no, that's not her. That's my other sister. Mm-hmm. Go there. Yeah. And there's an excitement that more people are coming through. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's all about what you choose to do with your session. It's about your attitude. Absolutely. And she's showing that she's sitting here doing her darndest to get everything out of what Winston wants to share with her. Remembering this is end of life for Winston. Yeah. So she's taking and extrapolating everything she can to get value out of his life. Yes. Out of his soul and out of their relationship. Mm-hmm. So once the the food messages were over, um, he says, look, mom ruminates in her thoughts and she ruminates in her anxiety. She's perceived as patient on the outside, but she loses her shit consistently on the inside. Mm. And it can't always be dad's responsibility to talk her off the ledge. Yeah. And he said, dad has actually backed away from this role. 
Um, but what ends up happening is, is she interprets it as a sign that he's abandoning her. Wow. And Winston said, you are enmeshed. Yeah. And dad is trying to back out of it and say, he's trying to get healthy. Yes. He's trying to say, Carrie, you need to think for yourself. I can't answer this or placate you or comfort you. You have to figure out how to do these things for you. But when he won't step up to that role, as she sees it, she thinks, oh my God, he's leaving me. And he has actually, in fact, said, and I, well, Winston said this to me, he has said, I'm not leaving. I'm not walking away. I'm asking you to think for yourself. And she says, yes, my husband has done that. He's a man. Yes. And actually, Carrie did say he has done the work. Now I have to do mine. Yeah. Good for her too then. So she's learned, he's put on his big boy panties and he's saying, I want a woman who does too. Mm -hmm. Good on him. And wow, good on Carrie. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool because Winston said, you know, we we hold out our index fingers for babies as they're learning to walk and we lead them, right? And he says, dad's trying not to lead her anymore, but she thinks he's disappeared. And what he's really trying to say is, I'm over in the corner holding the camera to capture your first steps and celebrate. Oh, what a beautiful analogy. Yes. That's a great visual. I, yeah, exactly. And she got so many visuals during the session to actually feel safe. So I thought this was really fascinating. This is kind of where I feel like it all came together. He said that she has extreme anxiety over numbers in this lifetime and that she doesn't want to touch them or do them. And she said that was correct. And he said in a past life, she had done like accounting and bookkeeping. And she chose this career in past lives because it served a purpose of her personality being very meek. And this is not a slight to anyone in that career. This was just her experience with numbers. She took this career because she felt that she wasn't responsible for the numbers themselves. She was just putting them all together in order. So nowhere in this career did she actually have to personally exist. And so in this lifetime, she felt invisible. And that worked for her in her mind because who can beat an invisible person? Hmm. Physically hit an invisible person. Oh, Kelly. Yeah. And so she said, I I absolutely carried my ability for numbers into this lifetime. She said, yep, I am good at them. And I said, but you won't touch them. And she said, yes, that's correct. So it it was the carryover in the DNA of, of the anxiety of knowing that she had disappeared in that lifetime and she couldn't afford to in this one, mm. which I just thought was fascinating. Well, yeah. And now that she knows that from the past life, she can hit it head on. Yeah, and actually Winston had said that she had an opportunity to go into numbers in this lifetime. I asked her if that was correct, and she said yes. Hmm. So he said that he was really proud she didn't take it because she was basically saying, I won't become invisible again. But that that opportunity was a chance to see her own strengths and not be fearful of them. She didn't have to fear numbers anymore, Mm -hmm. but that they didn't have to consume her life. I think it's cool that people can hear about a past life and understand that they toyed with it in this lifetime, and then come to realize why they chose not to. Yes. So they may have gone in and taken the course, and then they didn't actually go into the job. Yeah. Or they started and they worked 24 hours or one week, and they left. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So this is where it got extremely heartbreaking. Winston said that he had been her husband in that lifetime. And he had said that, She had felt so invisible and that it was safer to be invisible because, again, no one could beat her, right? 
But what that meant was, if she was invisible, he wasn't able to compliment her. He wasn't allowed to actually see her. And even when the abuse stopped in that lifetime, the kid voice in her kept repeating, but at any point it could happen again, right? Because there was no rhyme or reason to it. So it just kept playing over and over again. So he said he had chosen to be her dog now because it was safer to him to actually be able to see her in this form because she got excited when the dog saw her. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when she comes home at the end of the day and the dog runs up, tongue out, and aggressive love, okay, she's thrilled. Currently, if her husband comes to greet her and compliment her, she is still in the same mental state of, I can't be seen. Right. I thought this was really neat because the concept of aggressive love had come through talking about the tools that she could use with Corey now, but... The aggressive love in the dog that she has, she's enamored by the way the dog loves Mm -hmm. and how those things can be conflicting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So he quote unquote said, if I wasn't allowed to see her and love her in that lifetime, I picked the surefire way to see her in this lifetime and do it well. And he actually says, he goes, I think I feel really proud because I feel like I outwitted her and I also feel like I outwitted my dad. And I just thought that was so sweet because she's still struggling with the same things with Corey in this lifetime because he's not allowed to fully see her and the dog can. So Mm -hmm. he feels that's why he's still her partner because Mm -hmm. now they're allowed to love each other openly. Yeah. They can cuddle each other. They exercise together. They sleep together. They can have touch together. So he did say, Mom, this is still your homework with your current husband, and you need to ask for help. Yeah. And she was fully accepting of that, and he just said, you need to start with a picture. And he gave her this example where he said, you know, if Dad said to you, wow, your eyes look stunning in that photo, you would scoff at him, or you would say, oh, well, your hair looks great in that photo. So both different types of deflecting, right? Either I'll put the compliment back on you, or I'll dismiss it like that shouldn't have even been said. And he said that you need to practice saying thank you to just actually hear the compliment. And I thought this was huge because in her digging her heels in to say, I will not be seen, that actually meant that she had to turn to her partner and say, and you will not be heard. Right. And that hit me. That is the devastation of what being invisible actually does to your loved ones. That is the baggage that you create for Corey now. Yeah. So they said that if he calls you throughout the day and says, I just wanted to hear your voice, instead of saying, okay, that's nice, like I'm busy, I'll talk to you later, that she could actually practice saying, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's so kind of you. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Because that comment would mean, I heard you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that if she wanted to take it one step further, she could write in her agenda that two days from now, she's going to call him and decide to say, I miss your face. Mm -hmm. If he said, I missed your voice, you might pick something else. Mm -hmm. And that she could be playful with it. And that scheduling could actually be romantic Mm. in anticipation of their reaction or anticipation of how you're going to connect over this, laugh over this, whatever it may be. She might like to create a page where she writes down how she can acknowledge things so she can practice. Yeah, 
And, and I had said to her, would you like me to take you off the hot seat at this point and give you a different example? And she said, yes, please. So I said, okay. The other night, Eric came home and he bought new, new jeans and he put them on. And I said, oh, could you, could you just turn around for a minute? And he was like, oh, okay. So he turned around and I just smiled and I went, huh, thank you. Because <laughs> it checked out his butt. And in that moment, he could have done the same reaction, scoffed and turned away But that's where Winston stepped in and said, you could just blush and say thank you. Mm -hmm. Because mom, how good do you feel when you make dad blush? Mm. And she went, oh, well, it feels really good. Like, I feel accomplished. And he said, then stop taking those feelings away from dad. Yeah. And that, and I love my Angelou's quote here where she has said, when you give generously and receive graciously, everyone wins. Yeah. No baggage is created. And that was the session. Like Winston just came through as her partner to tell her how deeply she's loved, how deeply she is seen, how important it is to continue to be seen and and to continue loving each other. And I just all all in a dog, all in a dog. And again, at the end of his life where he really wants to get through certain messages to her that she has to address. Yeah. So that after he leaves she can continue to live her best life and have a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Because she does look at him right now with all the love in her heart that she does a partner, but he is at end of life. Like you said, won't it be interesting to see when he is passed and he's done his job, he's fulfilled his contract with her, with Carrie, and she has to turn around now. And in all of the ways, perhaps that she has loved Winston, she can be invited to love Corey. Yes. Exactly. And I just thought this was wonderful because when I said to Carrie, your session's done, she just sort of shook her head and said, it's like I have the big picture now. She said, I feel like instead of looking out the slit of a curtain into the backyard, that I've got the whole picture. Good for her. And yeah, it was great. But I did say to her, Carrie, Winston is not asking you to run naked in the backyard now. He's asking you to maybe just check out the closest sandbox and play. Yeah, like just do one tool at a time. Just Mm -hmm. do one thing consistently. And when you get comfortable playing in there, maybe check out the next sandbox and think I might like to try. Yeah, well, it's kind of like when you've been married for a while and you haven't touched each other for a very long time or Mm -hmm. you've grown apart and you might be thinking of a divorce because you don't know what else is left. And you have to look across at that person and think, how do I try again? Mm -hmm. How do we start over after what we've been through, or what we no longer have. So how do we take the baby steps just to, do I just reach out and hold his hand? Do I just put my hand on his back? Mm -hmm. Will it be accepted or not? Yeah. So she's got a great beginning. Yeah. Good. I'm happy for Corey. Yeah. She left feeling happy for him too. Yeah. She good. was so excited to go home and share everything with him and oh. say, will you do this with me? Well, that's the key because now she's excited that Corey's going to have more of a wife or more mm-hmm. of a partner, however you want to word that. More of a best friend. Yeah. More of, more of Carrie. Yeah. Then she can be excited for him. And she can be excited for herself because now she's going to open up herself to receiving it. Yes. Good. Yay. Lovely. Well done, Kelly. Thanks. I had a lot of fun with her. Yeah. And Winston. 
Oh, yes. What a powerhouse of a little soul. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful Saturday.